Off the Chains has been sponsored by Team Disc Store. The team that sponsors yours truly. And Simeon Brothers Creative. Design, print, and promotion. For any of your graphic design needs, please follow Simeon Brothers Creative on any of your social media platforms. That's S-I-M-I-A-N Brothers Creative. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of Off the Chains. This is Season 2, Episode 15. This is a disc golf podcast for those who have a true love and passion for the sport. I am your host with the most, of course, as always, Cody Enervold, PDGA member 148739. And I would like to kick off this week's episode by going uh, off the chains a little bit. And talking about not something not disc golf related, but still golf related. And that is talking about the man, the myth, the legend of the Professional Golf Association, none other than Tiger Woods. And the only reason why I'm talking about Tiger Woods to start off my disc golf podcast is this. Um, for those who don't, don't know, and if you don't know, I don't know how you don't know this yet, but about 14 months ago, uh, Tiger was involved in a really bad car accident. And it actually... Uh, broke his legs pretty bad to the point where he almost needed to get his leg amputated. And fast forward 14 months later, the man just decided to do four rounds, four rounds, even though the fatigue showed rounds three and four, but he decided to play the Masters, um, shooting a one over the first round, shooting even the second round, and then he ended up shooting seven over seven over in rounds three and four. So the fatigue ended up showing because his leg was starting to bother him. But yes, he ended up shooting 15 over, I believe, total. But at the end of the day, the man who almost lost a leg 14 months ago just played the Masters. The Masters. Um, and to me, I just feel like that's a true inspirational story um, that definitely needs to be talked about a lot more. Um <clears throat> But so Tiger, obviously you'll never hear this, but you've earned, you already had my respect. You've earned a lot more of it. You earned my love. And it's stories like yours that just make me want to continue playing in the sport um, of disc golf. Like your story in regular golf is inspired, is one of my inspirations here. Like no matter what obstacles come, and that just comes to show people out there anything. Um, if I can give you any advice at all, it would be this. It would be um, no matter what obstacles are put, in front of you, as long as you're able to put your push yourself and overcome those obstacles, you can accomplish anything in this world. And so, and I believe Tiger did that minus the fatigue showing in rounds three and four. Um, the fact that he was able to still go out there and compete, and he did come out and say that he wasn't going to be able to compete full time anymore, obviously. Um, but I believe the next 
uh, tournament he said he was doing was going to be the Open, and that's something that's really close to his heart. If you want to hear his interview, you can probably find it somewhere on Twitter or on ESPN somewhere. So, but yeah, I just want to take a second to talk about him because the fact that you almost lost a leg, almost almost both legs, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in a car crash 14 months ago, and now you are playing in the Masters and you made the cut the second day to go to play round three and four. Um, it's a true inspirational story. So Tiger, that was awesome to watch and don't get discouraged, man. You deserve anything and everything that comes your way from here on out. Um, the fact that you were able to even compete was uh, true, truly remarkable. So uh, congratulations to you. But uh, today's episode, we got a lot of good things to talk about. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about the my recap briefly about my NADDT uh, exclusive event at Megiddo Park in Morton, down in Morton, Illinois. And I just say brief because um, I, if you guys haven't checked out my YouTube channel yet, it's the same thing as the podcast, Off the Chains. Um, I talk about my tournament recap there, so I'm going to do a, just a little brief thing and talk to you about how it overall went. I'm also going to recap the Open at Tallahassee real quick. Um, followed by um, the uh, interview from the win, uh, winner, Stacey Haas, Haas for FPO. Uh, I'll give you a quick preview of Champions Cup. And then also, Heather, we're going to give some Heather Young news. Um, take, a, uh, take a break for our sponsors. But I'm actually probably going to talk about Heather Young first before I do the recap of Tallahassee. And uh, then we'll take a quick break. And then at the end of this episode, I will be bringing on my good buddy, Disc Golf Digest uh, YouTube star, uh, or sensation, whatever, <laughs> and also uh, team di- fellow team disc store member Ryan Aquino is going to be on the show to talk about a couple things. Um, so it's going to be a pretty cool time to have him on. So um, we're going to go ahead and quickly start real quick about my uh, NADGT, uh, NADGT event. Sorry, uh, event that took place on Sunday at Megiddo. And when I ch- I just want to say when I checked the weather Thursday, it said it was going to be sunny, sixty eight. And like seven mile an hour wind. Uh, my buddy, either Alex Ator or Chris Lezzo, messaged me and said, um, Is the weather, How's the weather looking for Sunday? And I said, Last I checked, it was good. Let me check again. Uh, it just went down five degrees, still sunny, but then it shot up from seven miles an hour wind to a 25 mile an hour wind. Um, so that was a terrible time. Uh, ended up shooting a seven over first round and nine over second round. Ended up taking fourth place. Um, had a couple five, 10 foot uh, spit outs that really uh, bugged the crap out of me and wish I could have got back. But, you know, that's the part of the, that's part of the game. Sometimes you don't always get to make them, uh, you know, sometimes stuff like that's going to happen where you put too much on a disc and it's just going to force its way out. So it was unfortunate, but at the end of the day, I was able to take another fourth place finish, um, played above my rating, actually played um, Ben averaged out 35 points above my rating. So it was a good day. And then when the new rating system just came out Tuesday, my rating total went up six points. So now I'm at eight, officially an 867 rated player, which is now uh, 33 points away from my goal for this year to make it to 900. That would be the pretty best main goal to do this year. So, um, But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, I just didn't feel like I played all that well despite playing above my rating and um, taking fourth place. I just felt overall like my comp- – there's always going to be a part of me that's always going to have something down bad to talk about myself and just say, yeah, I wish I didn't leave some drives out there. I wish I didn't leave some putts out there, you know, but it's part of the game. Nothing I can do about that. Uh, 
Sorry, my my tablet was taking forever to load something. But yeah, overall, I loved the course. Um, didn't uh, didn't like how some holes had a lot of trees on them. I uh, definitely could have got rid of some of those. But um, overall, I loved the course. Would definitely like to play another event there if the wind is not super crappy there. So, um, yeah, super excited to uh, get that uh, get that fourth place finish at a tournament that I was kind of playing blind. I played it seven eight years ago and. Um, I just remembered a couple holes from it. So uh, hole 12 was definitely a hole I would want back. First round, I took a double and then uh, ended on the hole 12 because we had a shotgun start. And then I started round two on hole 12 and I took a triple bogey on that. So yeah, I was super upset with that hole overall. I lost a couple discs, lost both FD3s. So it wasn't a really good time. But over other than those that hole and a couple of the spit outs I had, I had a really good time at the, uh, at the event. So it was a good time. But if you want to get the full recap of my um, tournament at and, uh, at Megiddo, uh, go over to my YouTube channel at Off the Chains. If you haven't liked or subscribed to it yet, please do. And uh, I have my full uh, tournament recap over there. So go ahead and check that out when you get a chance. Um, and speaking of, oh, before I get into open it, uh, before I get into talking about the open at Tallahassee. Um, I am going to give some news about Heather Young. If, if, for those who don't know, um, I've said it before. If you've been in person with me, uh, I I just I, people always be like, "Oh, you you don't like Heather Young, you, you know? Oh, how come you don't like Heather Young?" It's not that I don't like her. Okay, it's not that I don't. Um, sorry, my t- tablet's being dumb. Um, it's not that I don't like her. It's just that she hasn't. Um, she just, she's just not a player that I'm, you know, like that really wows me. And, um, there's just something off about her that I don't really care for. But, um, the fact that I heard this unfortunate news about her, um, taking some time off, uh, I'm just going to kind of go into talking a lot because my tablet had to restart because it was being dumb. But, um, there we go. Sorry, my I'm keep getting distracted with my tablet wanting to restart because it's taking a year to load. But um, yeah, it was unfortunate. She just said something about losing the urge to um, play, and she kind of lost the love for it. Um, and I didn't even hear about this until uh, Nick and Matt brought her, uh, Nick and Matt from the Nick and Matt show, Nick Carl and Matt Graham brought her on their podcast, and she talked about it. Um, so it's really it was really unfortunate to hear. Um, because at the end of the day, whether she's a player that I like, whether she's a player I don't like, um, it's so it's still unfortunate to see players um, leave tour like that or even say they lost a passion or a love for it, um, which kind of sucks. But um, come on, Tad. Oh, nope. It's having a mind of its own. Okay. Let's try this. Okay, here we go. Now, my tablet just started back up, so hopefully we can get this video going. Um, but this is the video of uh, Heather Young talking more about her leaving the tour. And um, I'm probably going to get an ad here. And if I don't, give me one second. Most likely going to get an ad. Most likely going to get an ad. Yep, I got an ad. But yeah, the video is taking a second to load. But give me one quick second and we will um, get this video going for you guys to hear uh, from Heather Young. And it's going to end now, and here we go. Okay, here's Heather Young. None other than Heather Young, everybody. Heather, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? 
Thank you. I'm doing pretty well. You're doing pretty well. We're excited to have you on the Nick and Matt show. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, have we ever had you live on the Nick and Matt show? I don't think I've ever been live on it. I feel like I've heard things said here and there about me on it, but I've never actually been live on it. Oh boy, gotcha, I hope they're gotcha. positive things, but let's let's talk about this. You made a social media I, post this past week. Can you re-communicate that message for everyone now? Because some people may not have seen that, um, and maybe you, you can just re- elaborate for us on that. What was that message this week? Yeah, so basically what I put out was that I'm taking an undetermined amount of time off from disc golf. I'm not going to be on the road. I'm not going to be playing any events. I feel like I've just kind of gotten to a place where I don't really love disc golf anymore, have that fire to compete like I used to. And I'm hopeful that some time off will let that feeling come back. Mm. Okay. Um, so can you elaborate? Like, so you said, you know, maybe the fire was lost for a little bit there, but like, was it purely that? Um, I'm sure you weren't satisfied with your start to this season. So was this decision related to your performance or maybe your performance was related to what was going on with these decisions? Like, how do you see it? Yeah, um, I would say it's it's all related in one way or another. It's just how each individual person looks at it. Um, I feel like even through late last year, I wasn't necessarily having that same desire to compete like I used to. And then starting off a new season and really struggling compared to how I've played in the past definitely just makes that even harder and makes you feel even less confident. So I would say it's kind of a combination of all of that. But I feel like the biggest thing was if I'm not loving disc golf, then it's kind of pointless because that's what makes you a good competitor is wanting to go out and do your very best. So when you don't really want that, it kind of takes away a lot of that competitive edge. Hmm. No, definitely. And uh, I just want to say, first off, kind of from the Nick and Matt show, we are in 100% support in whatever decisions you're making, especially when it comes to your personal life, your game and everything like that. We just want to support you out loud and say, look, I think it's incredible that you've made the decision to, you know, not not waste your time doing something that you're not in love with right now. I think for any person in the world, they should be going out and doing what they feel like they'd love to do. And if you're not finding that right now with disc golf and you find it in something else, maybe then kudos to you. That's super mature on your part to make the decision. Cause we all know you're a phenomenal player. We love talking about your putting almost week in and week out on how filthy good you are at putting. And we see it almost every single pro tour event. And so just, we are super happy for you that you have made this decision in your own kind of like mental health and your own happiness in that words. Do you have anything in mind that you're going to kind of not switch to right away, but do you have anything in mind of like what you're going to be doing with the time that you have free from disc golf now? Um, yeah, I, I'm honestly kind of feeling like the biggest thing that I want to do while I take time off is sort of live more, quote, normal life, like working a normal job. Like a lot of the things that you don't do when you play disc golf, also to kind of see 
if that gives some of that fire back of disc off of like, oh, this is cool that my job can be being on the road and playing mm-hmm. versus a normal job, just more normal life. But yeah, um, I kind of have two different things that I'm planning to be doing. My older sister just bought a house that she's working on to flip. So I'm probably going to be helping her a lot with that, working with her on that. I always enjoy doing that kind of thing. So that's a good chance for me to get to do something with my siblings again while I'm home. Definitely. And then I also may end up working at some point. That's a little bit harder just because, like, if I do go back to disc golf, it may only be a couple months, but I do intend to do that some, too. Good for you. Okay. Yeah, you're saying you do intend to play some disc golf. Is that what you said? Or no? Did I miss that? No, I'm intending to work in some way for some, like, at least for a while, I'm not touching a disc right now. Like, I feel like I'm not going to really miss disc golf if I keep playing some and doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to touch a disc. I want to really see if I can get that want for the game back. Gotcha. Fantastic. I mean, that answers a question I was going to have. And it was like, hey, are you going to tear up the local scene during this break? Or is this from a break from disc golf altogether? And uh, that answers that question for sure. Um, So it seems like, and you've kind of elaborated on this, so you don't need to if you already feel like you answered this, but you left the door open that there is the possibility, and I hate to say it this way, but that you may be done. Like, you may be. You may find that you're kind of open to that idea. Yeah. um, I feel like there's a side of me that really hates admitting that that is a possibility, but I think it is. I... I personally believe that if my heart's not 100% on wanting to play and compete, that it probably really doesn't make sense for me. Because a lot of the things with tour life that are hard or can be frustrating, you don't care when that's what you want. But then they become a lot more annoying and more of a hassle when you're not even sure if that's what you want. So... I feel like it is possible that I could end up stop playing, but I also am trying to have an open mind of all the options and what really is the best and what makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Since since coming to this decision and being public about this decision, do you feel like you found a little bit more happiness in your personal life and kind of have felt the, you know... I'm trying to think the positivity from making this decision. Do you feel like you're so far happy with it? I'm definitely happy with the decision I made to take some time off because I feel like through the whole start of the season, I was just kind of stressed out about. I've had the question for quite a while of if I think keep playing is the answer, if I should do something else. And then when I started the season struggling, that just made it even worse. Mm-hmm. So I feel like publicly announcing that I'm taking time off has really helped me. I'm at peace with that decision. Like, it's letting me have a clear mind to look at all the options 
and not always be wondering, oh, I wonder what other people are thinking. I wonder this. Like, everybody knows what's happening. Do you feel like you've received the amount of support that you thought you would? Like, I've so the post that you made, I've seen hundreds of comments that I felt like were nothing but love to you. They hate to see you go, but they're super happy that you're making this decision for yourself. Do you feel like you were going to receive that kind of happy support? Or did you feel like there were gonna there was going to be any negative, you know, thoughts behind it? I've actually been really surprised how positive all of the comments have been. I felt like there, pro- I personally felt like there wasn't necessarily going to be that much negativity, but I just didn't know that anybody was really going to say anything or care. So that certainly was a good feeling to see so many comments and get so many messages and texts from people saying, we do care what happens and we are hoping for the best for you. Definitely. Wow. Um, I will say in my situation as a talk show host, it was a unique situation to tread lightly on wanting to, to offer support in the message that we reached out with, but also a platform if you wanted to, you know, here to share your voice with everybody in a different way than just social platform. And I hope you saw it that way. And I think you did. He reached back and said, that sounds great, but it was unique. Cause I wanted to be like, we, we want to know, but like, we also want to respect you. Like we appreciate what you've done, you know? So I hope that's how it came across to you. That's definitely how it came across. I mean, you very much made it. You support my decision and you hope the best for me. And not you didn't word it in a way of oh we want to know it was like if you want to share we'll let you share on the platform that you have (laughs) i've been married for a while so i had to learn how to talk to my wife you know and say things that i I, anyways i'm not i'm kidding like i genuinely we were genuinely happy and i actually feel i'm not gonna lie i feel a little emotional hearing how mature you're being about this and not because of the maturity but because the opportunity exists that we make changes in life and we move and we, and like, I've been there too. And like, I'm, it probably doesn't matter to you, but I'm proud. <laughs> like I'm proud that you're in the sport of disc golf or that you are, you were, whatever it ends up being. And that's fantastic. And like, whatever you do, it's going to be great. I can tell with your personality, you'll be just fine. And you'll look back at this and say, Hey, that was a great opportunity or a great moment. And maybe you'll be taking down worlds when you feel that again. I don't know. <laughs> I will say, kind of to end it on my side of things, um, your commercial with Prodigy, the one where you're changing everything to purple in their system, still has to be one of my favorite commercials that has been a disc golf commercial because it just fits your personality so well for people who do know you. Um, So anyways, I'll always look at that commercial as long as it airs with a smile on my face. (laughs) And and, uh, finally, in in wrap-up, and I hope it doesn't come off as negative at all, but like, have you had, what was the response like or what was the conversation like with Prodigy? Um, what if you feel like saying anything about that? Prodigy and Flight Factory were both really awesome about it. Like I was messaging both of them before I announced anything publicly. And they were both very much like, take the time you need. We're, we want you to feel comfortable with the choices you're making. So take the time you need and they support it. So I was really grateful for that. Mm. That is great to hear for sure. And um, maybe you do or you don't know. I mean, like if I go out and buy a Heather Young disc, is there still like 
compensation that will go your way? Do you know? There still is right now. Nothing's changed with that. So okay. that was really cool on their part, too, because I didn't nice. know with that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not on the road, so they're not getting as much attention. So that was cool that they're still doing that. Can I suggest this to all of our fans and listeners who are in the hundreds? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thousands. Uh, uh, we we regularly have, I don't know, Nick, 10,000 or depends on the guest in the show that we have, but 10,000 listeners. Can I recommend that they all go out there and just buy out every possible Heather Young disc? Just make it happen. Show her the support that way. That'd be really fantastic. Um or we could stretch it out. So there's always Heather Young discs out there. I don't know. You can look out <laughs> however you want. But, yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything that we missed talking about, Heather, that you would like to um, wrap up with or say, like, this is this is the platform I offered you. Anything, there's nothing off limits. It's your, it's your floor. I think I've pretty much said everything that I'm thinking. Like, it's honestly now kind of just trying to see what I actually feel in my heart I want to do because I can think through it logically and make decisions, but that's not really the answer that I want. I I don't want to say, oh, I'm done with this golf and then regret that a few years later. I want to do what actually is going to be the best choice. Mm -hmm. But no, other than that, I Thank you so much to all the fans and all the players that reached out to me. It really was amazing how many of them were saying, we'll do anything to help you if you need it. We're happy to talk. Like, it really helped me feel better about announcing something publicly when I got that much positive feedback. Wow. Definitely. Well, we, we wish nothing but, but the best. And, and I have a feeling, and there's absolutely no expectation or pressure, but I have a feeling we'll have Heather Young on again in the future some way or another. So we appreciate you coming on the show. And anytime you have anything that you want to get out into the air, and you can do it on your social platform, but you're always welcome here as well, Heather. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me tonight. All right. Have absolutely. a great evening, Appreciate Heather. you coming on. Yep. All right. Bye. <clears throat> so, yeah. Super unfortunate to hear that because, but yeah, at the end of the day, like I always tell people if you don't have a true love or passion for something, or if you do, and then it ends up going away, um, yep, you just got to take a step back and just think about like, is this really what I want to do? And um, like I said, I, I just, not that I don't like Heather Young, didn't like watching her play. I just, it was like one of those players I just didn't care for. Like I didn't, like there's a lot of players that play that I just don't like pay attention to. Um, like I paid attention to her commercial, which was a funny commercial. Um, when I went to D glow last year and played MA four and got second place, I, um, was able to get her autograph at one of the rounds. I ended up talking to Brian Earhart for a little bit and he doesn't even really play, uh, compete anymore either. Um, and I got his autograph too. So that, you know, like if you just want to take some time away, like and figure some stuff out, I feel like that's the best thing to do. And, um, the fact that she's taking the time uh, to do it is really incredible. So kudos to her um, taking some time to do that. And um, can't wait to see her when she comes back. It'll be super fun. Um, sorry, tablet being dumb again. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much what I had to talk about, Heather Young. Um, and now... Switching over to tournament recap for the Open at Tallahassee. 
Um, and this was, I think they combined uh, Music City Open and Open at Tallahassee together. So this is just the article that they had for it on Ultra World. But it says with the here, uh, with the first major of the season starting in just two days, uh, which was this was happened. This was posted yesterday, so the first round actually starts tomorrow. Uh, many touring pros got in the final tune-up over the last two weeks at one of the DGPT's two Silver Series stops, the Music City Open in Nashville last week, and the Open at Tallahassee over the weekend. Um, in Tallahassee, it was a tournament of firsts. Estonia's Albert Tom got his first win of 2022 and his first ever win in the United States after beating out Matteo by two strokes. Tam shot the highest rated round of his career, 1080 in round one, en route to the victory. He led the field in tee to green performance on the weekend. Um, he said about his strong opening round, quote, I wasn't thinking that much, just being in the flow and taking it one shot at a time and just enjoying the overall Florida vibe, unquote. Uh, Tam became the first European player to win a DGPT event, elite or silver, in 2022. He's also the second European to win a DGPT tournament since Germany's Simon Lazat won the 2018 Memorial and Elite Series stop. Lazat also won the 2015 Ledgestone Insurance Open, then a national, then a national tour event. Uh, Tam is now the 29th place in the DGPT standing. Is now in 29th place in the DGPT standing. And meanwhile, in FPO, 18-year-old Stacey Hass won her first-ever Silver Series event in just her third A-tier in FPO with a dominant performance, uh, topping um, Waco winner Valerie Mondahano and Jessica Weiss by five strokes. She averaged 967-rated golf, the best tournament performance of her young career, surpassing her 941-rated fifth-place finish at last year's Clash of the Canyons by 25 rating points. Oh, Stacey Hass was that girl that I met at, um, I actually, um, met her at Clash of Canyon. She would played a couple of uh, uh, Illinois tournaments too. I remember watching her. I saw her at D-Glow also. She was super fun to watch. So uh, getting to see her, uh, finding out that's her, that's pretty cool. Um, Hass has the best putter, was the best putter at the tournament, cashing in 79% of her Circle 1X putts and 11% from Circle 2. And she was inside the top 10 of the of the tees. She flashed the full spectrum of skills that helped her get a second place finish at the 2021 Junior World Championships. She said in a quote, uh, statement, quote, It's crazy. I was just shooting for top five at best, so I'll take the win, unquote. Uh, Hass is now in 20th in the DGPT standing. Super happy for her. Congratulations to you, Stacy Hass. The fact that you're only 18 years old um, and you're take, and you're winning in a DGPT Silver Series event, um, that's pretty cool. Um, so good for you. Okay. And and to talk about her big win at this year's um, uh, Open at Tallahassee is Stacy Hass herself. So here is Stacy Hass's interview with Nick and Matt. The show for the first time ever, the winner of the Open at Tallahassee, uh, Stacy Hass. So welcome to the show, Stacy. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Very We're good. really excited to have you on the show, and uh, congratulations on your win. And I just want to say, it's not that big of an accomplishment, but you earned 20 times more cash than I have in my 15-year career to date. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so I asked earlier, I said, how do you pronounce your name? Because I heard in the production, I don't know if you noticed that in the production, they referred to you as Haas. And then uh, the tournament director, the, the person congratulating you with the trophy said Haas. And so Haas is correct, isn't it? Yeah, it's Haas. Okay, awesome. Uh, so with that being said, the Open at Tallahassee, how ironic is that? Your name is in the name of the event. 
Oh, I think that's awesome. I actually didn't notice that till today, so that was pretty cool. Thank yeah, I actually never noticed that until Matt literally just said yeah. that. I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually... Right. How did you think of that, Matt? <laughs> I, I was typing something, and I'm like, hey, we're having... St-. And then I'm like, whoa, like her name is in the name yeah. of the event. It was just meant to be. Is that how you feel? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell us what the road was like to get to this point, and we'll call it your career. But let's, let me ask a little deeper. Where did disc golf competition start for you? You have a PDGA number. One two four nine six three. So that's fairly recent, um, even though there's close to two hundred thousand now. But where did competition start for you, and uh, what was it like to go from your first competition till now? Um, my first tournament was in two thousand eighteen, I believe. I didn't have a PDGA number then, so let's say two thousand nineteen. I had like two tournaments, I believe. And I was kind of getting into it then. I wasn't like a huge fan of it, but 2020 was my first full year of competing. And that's when I really, really fell in love with the sport and saw that I had potential at it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was going to say, is this is this something that you've been thinking over the last few years that you want to do for a living? You know, where did this kind of, all of a sudden you came out and you went a Silver Series event in what was apparently your eighth start to a DGPT event, which is pretty insane. Last last year was probably beginning of last year. I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm quite good enough yet. But then I went to a couple um, Disc Golf Pro Tour events last year, and I just really fell in love with the environment and the people. So yeah. Are you where? Where are you originally from? Are you local to this course? Because it kind of seemed like the way you played it, you had some kind of course knowledge beforehand, or was it this kind of your first week ever playing it? Yeah, this is my first first week ever playing it. Nice. I grew up in Georgia, but I never really – I played every once in a while in Georgia, but not a whole lot. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So this was your eighth Disc Golf Pro Tour event. What, what do you think it was about this event that led to uh, the victory for you? Like what was the time – why was it the right time now? I, um, I'm not sure. I really liked the course. I felt like that was a course that I could score good on, a lot of holes that I could – reach to get the birdies um i feel like that was my style of like open and kind of wooded course yeah okay so open and uh, you said open i think and wooded do you prefer woods or open like what's your preference um i like them i like a good mixture i don't like super dense woods like if you get off the fairway you're done for i don't like those types but i like i like tallahassee okay yeah what would you describe as kind of your strongest suit of your game right now as of now, probably my putting. Putting mm-hmm. is feeling really good right now. So, yeah. Is that something you work on? Do you think you work on putting the most? Like kind of what's your practice regimen? Um, I don't work <laughs> on a whole lot of putting. I did before I went on tour, but since on tour, I haven't worked on a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But. Okay. Um, so word on the street is that you're 18 years old. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So... 18 years old, you were competing in the Junior World Championships just this past July of last year, correct? Yeah. Okay. And I think I saw that you have a PDGA record for the distance competition at that event, and you threw 337 feet. You mentioned putting being a strength of yours, but do you feel like distance is a big part of your success as well? I do, yes. Okay. And... Have you thrown further than 337 feet, or do you feel like that was your I, furthest? No, that was – that was I wasn't super proud of that, but I've 
reached 400 a couple times. <laughs> I'm glad I asked Nick because you yeah. and I both struck. No, I'm kidding. I'll yeah, speak no, for myself. Yeah, no kidding. I'll, I'll, str- like, I'll okay, speak so for maybe myself. You can teach me how to yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should have um, did a so, version of Judge That Disc Golfer and let the audience guess. That would have yeah. been fantastic. 400 <laughs> feet is great. If she said it, I would actually believe her, knowing that she just won a Silver Series event. So it, it takes it takes getting that distance, especially at a course like we just played. Right. Um, yeah. For the people who don't know who you are, I'm sure there's a lot of people in our chat who might not have ever heard of you until this past weekend. You know, who are you sponsored by? You know, is there anyone out there supporting you? Where can other people support your tour? I'm sponsored by MVP Discs, Great Lakes Discs, Mitten Bags, and I'm also on Team Eagles Wings. And you can help support me. I have fundraiser discs through Great Lakes Discs that you can go buy off the line. And I also have some of those with me along the road if you want to buy some. And are you on a full tour this year? Kind of what's what's your schedule like? Trying to hit most of the events. We're not going to really do the West Swing, but going to try to hit the other ones. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about, yeah, go what's, ahead, What's kind of like a major goal of yours this year? You just won a Silver Series event, so I'm sure that was probably on the list of things that you wanted to do. But do you have any other major goals that you want to complete this year? You know, get your rating to a certain amount, get a couple more wins. What's your idea of it? Um, definitely some more top five finishes, and I would really like to shoot a 1,000 rated around. Okay. What's your highest so far? Oh, actually, nine ninety four. Is that what it is? Nine ninety six, I believe. Okay. 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 Cool. Um, can you tell us what are? I could ask you this way: What were your goals for this year? Have you met any of them? And what are your goals for the rest of the year? Um, top five finish. Um, I just, I just got that. Um, and more goals: just stay consistent. I'd like to get my rating to around nine thirty would be nice okay and does becoming one of the best players in the world seem like a reality to you yeah no what do you how do you feel about that after this weekend i would i would say yeah i hope so (laughs) okay you hope so what do you think it's going to take to have a victory over players and i'll just drop some names like a Paige pierce or katrina Uh, what do you think it might take to do that a lot more consistency and a couple probably a couple more years of playing out on tour yeah do you have any tournaments that you're specifically looking forward to um Deagle probably because back in back in my home state I really enjoyed playing it last year and I didn't place how I wanted to so Hmm. how of course how did you do not have to answer this but how did Discraft let you slide through their fingers up there in Michigan and you ended up with MVP (laughs) and maybe it's because MVP is so fantastic I don't know how you'll answer but I just found that interesting that's such a like a hotbed for Discraft like how did you end up with MVP right um I knew they're interested in me so I I reached out to them seeing what they had to offer me and also have some really good friends on MVP MVP is also a Michigan company Matt Oh man, but but disc, you're right, and you're, and I don't know how that slipped my mind, but Discraft is a very big hotbed up there. Am I correct, Stacy? Yes, you are correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, Nick, I'm correct. Very correct. <laughs> no, 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 I knew. I, I yeah, know, no, that's fair. You said that's fair. Yeah. It's yeah, fair. Yeah. Both of you are yeah. fair. <laughs> I, I said it was okay. Long story yeah. short, MVP Plastic. By the way, this is me, and I'm not sponsored or getting paid for this at all. I honestly think, besides even the feel of it, which I've never really thrown an MVP disc. It, in my opinion, has to be some of the best-looking plastic, at least to me. 
like it's beautiful the overmold stuff just i love the framing of a disc the bright colors it's just a wonderful plastic what's one of your favorite discs that you throw mvp or maybe give us your lineup that are like your go-tos for mvp my go-tos um i put with adams right now i'm really i'm really liking those I like pilots for my upshots. The Crave is a fairway that that goes pretty far for a speed six. And I'm really liking fission photons for distance drivers. Okay. And before you were sponsored by MVP, did you just have a full mixed bag or were you throwing Discraft or Innova or like, where did you come from? Um, I actually threw, I was on underground, Discraft underground. So I threw most Discraft. Okay. for my whole disc golf career leading up to last year. Okay. And I saw Wes uh, Shinovar. I saw him, I think, comment on your social post. He's like, like, yeah, let's go. Like, people didn't know who you were, but they're gonna. That's right. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of which, um, how has the reaction been from, I'll say, fans? Did you have a fandom before this, and now are you receiving loads of messages? Or, like, how is that working for you? Yeah, I didn't have many that I knew of before, but after this tournament, a lot of lot of messages, a lot of more followers. So I think that's awesome. Oh, good. That is awesome. And you're 18, and I don't <laughs> want to presume, but like social media is probably more normal for you than it is some, for some of the tenured touring players. So, uh, right. is that something that you look forward to growing your social media platform? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And maybe a brand? Is that something you thought of as well? Like branding, like Stacy Hass, like it's a brand. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about it. Cool. I'm sure MVP must be very proud as well. I mean, they've had a lot of success in the recent years and you getting this. Have they reached out to you? They have, yes. Okay. A- cool. Anything beyond congratulations in the work? Did they say anything? Um, in the future, maybe some more, but. Okay. Nice. Cool. And what's kind of your, you know, how are you getting around? Are you driving with a group of friends, getting from event to event? You know, I know you're at a campground currently right now. What's kind of, are you flying to events? What? How are you managing the 2022 tour? Right now I'm touring with my brother, D.W. Hass. D.W., okay. Um, yep, D.W. I'm not sure I'm familiar with him. Is he, is he touring at all? Is he playing and competing as well or just like chauffeuring you around? Yeah, he's competing in the events that he can get into. Okay. Do you beat him on the regular or does he beat you? <laughs> he beats me. <laughs> I've, I've beat him a couple times. Nice. But not very often. So it's good practice for you then, right? To go play with him. Yeah, okay. for sure. Now, I'm assuming you're in Georgia right now, so you're playing the Champions Cup. Have you ever been here before to this course? Are you excited to play this event? What do you think about it? Um, I've never been to this course yet. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's awesome. I'm just going to say that right now. It's easily my top two favorite courses. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. We we always do all these interviews, and I've known everybody, and we've had them on multiple times, many times, but you're brand new, I feel like, to the scene in general. You have a big win. You come on. We're like, we want to know everything. So we've asked a lot of disc golf questions. I am going to see if the chat has anything specifically that they would like to ask um, ask you, and we, we can pass that along. Sometimes we open up the phone lines, um, but we're not going to do that right now. Um, okay. So let me let me ask, what do you like to do? besides disc golf so before disc golf was a thing like how young were you when you found disc golf 
Um, it was probably introduced to me in 2015 by my family, but I didn't like it at first. I didn't really ever play it. Wow. I just so, went, I just went along because I didn't want to be left home alone. <laughs> <laughs> so is that like is my is my math correct? 18, seven years ago, were you about 11? You feel like when you were introduced, somewhere in that range. Probably, yeah. So yeah. I hate, right. I hate to say it this way because I'm sure you can have a lot of hobbies by 11, but what were some things that you like to do or you still like to do that don't involve disc golf? Um, I enjoy really any sports. I grew up playing sports. Uh, I like competing. What kind? What All sports or is there a specific one besides? Yeah, I, um, I played a lot of basketball. I liked basketball a lot. Played some mm -hmm. soccer, tennis. Okay. Basketball, any musical soccer. instruments, anything like that? What was that? Any musical instruments, anything I play like that? The, I play the guitar and kind of play the piano. Nice. Very cool. Matt's a guitar player. I'm a piano player. And so okay, kind of, nice. yeah, we're, we're huge music people. And we just disc golf for fun at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Definitely having hobbies outside of disc golf makes playing and competing and working disc golf kind of that much more enjoyable. It gives you something to do outside of, you know, the daily grind of it. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? I mean, so you're traveling with your brother right now. I'm sure you're meeting up with friends at different events. Is there something that you guys all like to do together? Go out, you go to Top Golf or anything like that? Um, I've wanted to go to Top Golf. I've been trying Top to talk to him going with me, but uh, we like to play spike ball, play a lot of spike ball and just go around and see the pretty sights around us. Nice. So there's a there's a few questions that have come in. One is, uh, how do you set your expectations after a win like this? Like, I believe that you you rightfully show sh so should be celebrating, soaking it in. This is a moment for you. But how do you take that and say, or what do you say to yourself going into the next event? Like, how are your expectations set up for the next event? I'm just gonna try to play consistent, like I played last weekend. Try to keep my expect is not super high so I don't disappoint myself and just try to stay mentally strong yeah I mean you've tasted this victory now no matter what happens you you know it's in you so that's got to be fantastic motivation and confidence uh the other question that came in and this came in from a fan of the show backstage organics and they they love talking about health and eating healthy foods they asked if eating healthy is something that's important to you now everybody's definition of healthy is different like mine's different than everybody is but like or how are you treating yourself when it comes to athleticism and your diet, I guess? Is that something that you've thought about or how are you working towards that? Um, at the moment, I'm not doing super good with that. It's kind of hard on the road moving around every week, but I'm working on it. Well, I, there's no judgment here. I traveled for a long time <laughs> and you're speaking to someone who knows how absolutely hard it is to drive and eat healthy. It's super hard. Backstage organics though. I bet you if you hit up backstage and, and I'm not facilitating this as a, I, I have no conversation here, but I'm sure they'd love to talk. They're supporting a lot of players on tour. Uh, another question that came in is, have you ever played up in New England? Have you ever made it up to the New England corner of the country? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. So if you do make it up here, you've probably, you've heard of the Green Mountain Championships. You've heard of Maple Hill. Uh, are you excited for those courses if you make the playoffs? I'm very excited for those. Do you believe you're going to make the playoffs? I've never been out in that direction. Um, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, for sure. We'll um, all right, Nick, do you have anything else? 
No, I think okay. I'm good on my side. Uh, she answered, I don't know, it feels like a hundred questions. I feel like we were just rapid fire. <laughs> like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite thing to do? <laughs> right. No, so, we um, did not ask favorite color. How about that, yeah. Stacey? We'll ask that one before we let you go. Um, blue. Okay, blue. That's the nice. hardest one we gave her of the yeah. night. We did the background tonight of my 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 set blue just for you. We knew that. We, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, is there anything that we missed that you feel like would be relevant or you want to shout out or just say, hey, this would be helpful in supporting me or anything else along those lines? Uh, or did we cover everything? I think you covered everything. Okay. Well, awesome, awesome. We totally appreciated this. Uh, I'm so glad Nick was able to cat, like say hi after you got your win, and I reached yes, out. That was exciting. I, I literally, I literally walked up to her. And it was, it was 100 rude, but I was like, "Hey, congrats!" But <laughs> want to be all. on the show tomorrow? By the way, I'm Nick Carl, and uh, <laughs> right. but she, she, she was with Silas Scholl. She was with a couple people that I knew, so it wasn't like super awkward. And just like you know, grab her by the shoulder and be like, "Hey, you're coming on our show tomorrow." So, <laughs> right. but um, no, right away she was like, "Yeah," and I was like. Oh God, that was easy. Matt always talks to me about how it's so hard getting guests, and if, no, I'm just kidding. If we could be on the ground at every event, it wouldn't be so hard. It's like getting people to respond sometimes with the thousands of messages they get after a win can be tough. Yeah. So usually, yeah. and this is why I mentioned it to you, Stacy. When you become super famous, popular, which you're on your way, and I send you a message in Facebook Messenger, you're not going to see it. So we'll have to get your phone number. Right. We'll have to get your phone number in a few years. <laughs> okay all right stacy awesome. hey it was great having you on again we'll do it some other time and i look forward to meeting you in person when you do make the playoffs we'll be up here and we'll get to see all you in right. person so we appreciate it thanks for coming on the show yeah thanks so much for having me all right stacy have a good evening have a good one all right so yeah that was pretty cool to hear from her and um i thought honestly thought she played for discraft underground maybe i was just mistaken maybe it just i think it just said great lakes on it to be honest because uh, she wore a red polo that I think it just said Team Great Lakes on the back, but I don't know. But uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure that's what it said. I'm actually probably like 95% sure that's what it said. But yeah, super cool to hear from her. And the fact that she's only 18 and took down a DGPT event, uh, super happy for her because that's pretty cool to do. Um, and as before I bring on my guests here, um, I want to do a quick preview of the first major of the year, and that's going to be taking place tomorrow, starting at 8.30 in the morning with the FPO, and then at 1.30, or uh, 8.30 Central time, I'm sorry, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central, 6.30 a.m. Pacific for uh, our 7 a.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m., 6 a.m., uh, 6.30, I'm sorry. Let's restart that over. Okay. 9.30 Eastern a.m., 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m. Uh, Mountain Time, 6.30 a.m. Pacific Time. Uh, the FPO starts, and then um, for the uh, MPO, it'll be um, 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central, uh, 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time, and 11.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific Time. So it'll be a good time. Um but round one coverage begins tomorrow at, like I said at the time, starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on the Disc Golf Network. The round one FPL future card that tees off at 9.48 a.m. Eastern is Katrina Allen, Paige Pierce, Kristen Tatar, and Kona Panis. So that's a pretty cool feature card. Uh, FPL league card coverage will begin at 9.30 a.m. Eastern each day. MPO coverage begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern each day. The round one MPO future card that tees off at 3 p.m. is comprised of all former major champions. Paul Macbeth, Greg Barsby, James Conrad, and Chris Dickerson. 
So that's pretty cool. That's going to be an awesome coverage. And uh, is there any free coverage of the 2022 Champions Cup final day live coverage available free of charge on the DGPT YouTube channel while live coverage of rounds one, two, and three will be exclusive to the Disc Golf Network. However, PDGA members get free access to all four rounds of the Champions Cup. Instructions for signing up the free PDGA member tier are available here. Joe Mez Pro, GK Pro, and Gatekeeper Media will have next day round coverage on YouTube for free. Joe Mez Pro will cover MPLE card coverage will feature Ricky Wysocki, Linus Carlson, Paul Yulabari, and Adam Hammes. GK Pro will cover MPLE card, which will be the same as the round one feature card of DGN. Gatekeeper Media will cover MPO Chase card. Round one will feature Albert Tam, Calvin Heinberg, Eagle McMahon, and Simon Lazat. Ace Run Pro will cover MPO Chase card. Round one coverage, which will feature Sarah Holcomb, Jennifer Allen, Ali Smith, and Haley King. Who is commenting the 2022 Champions Cup? Ian Anderson will be doing play-by-play with Pile of Brassweight on FPO Color. And Elaine King on FPO Color on the live coverage of the Disc Golf Network. Terry Miller will be the Georgia providing will be in Georgia providing updates from the course. Will the press conference at the, will there be a press conference? And yes, there will be, and it happened today. So if you want to take that, go ahead and look that uh, go ahead and check that out on the Disc Golf Network's uh, YouTube and the DGPT YouTube channel. And you're gonna hear from Mike Downs, Sarah Holcomb, Calvin Heinberg. Paige Pierce, Ricky Wysocki, Katrina Allen, Paul Macbeth, Kristen Tatar, James Conrad, Haley King, Chris Dickerson, Valerie Mondahano, and Brian Graham. So all of that takes place tomorrow, um, at starting with the women at 8.30 or 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, and then the men at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. So should be a good time, and I'm super excited to see the W.R. Jackson course because they played this course before, if you guys remember 2017 Worlds. Um, it was a it was part of that, um, so and I hear W R Jackson's a really fun course to play. So super excited to see the first uh, um, major of the year in the Champions Cup, and super excited to see what that's all about. So, all right, everyone, it's gotten to the moment where I'm about to bring on my guest. Uh, I'm about to bring on my guest Ryan Aquino, um, but before we do that, we are going to take a quick break. And take your word from our sponsors. Hey guys, are you still interested in getting a cool disc golf mini for your upcoming season? Or maybe in general still some 3D printed work? Well, look no further like I always say than Dirty Birdie Prints. This is a 3D printing company on Etsy, ran by my good buddy, Michael Sarah. Check him out. He's got all the cool 3D printing design needs you could possibly want, and even got some cool disc golf hangers for your discs, along with cool minis that he's made yours truly himself. And as a special add-on bonus, like you haven't, if you haven't used it yet, and I continue to say this all the time, for anybody that uses promo code in all caps, OTC15, will receive 15% off their very first purchase, and that's at Dirty Birdie Prints over on Etsy.com. So go ahead and check them out. And we're back, and I'm pleased to welcome onto my show tonight member of the 2011 with 60 career events and one win, founder of Disc Golf Digest on YouTube, one of the most talented people I know behind the camera, fellow Team Disc Store member, and one of my good buddies, Mr. Ryan Aquino. Ryan, thank you for coming on tonight, bud. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on, Cody. All right. Can you hear me okay? I just want to make sure before I go ahead and start the interview. Um, hang on one second. 
I'm almost okay. I'm not hearing it out of my headphones for some reason. Hold on. Okay. You're good. I can hear you fine. I just want to make sure you can hear me. Uh, hang on, because I can't hear you that well. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> can you talk again? Okay, that's better. All right, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? Awesome. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I just wanted to make sure because we've been we've been having that bad rain here in our in our neck of the woods. So I just wanted to make sure my signal was coming through. And cool. being on Facebook, yeah, being on Facebook Messenger, you never know with signals. So. Oh right. Right. So first off, before I go ahead and start the interview, like I said, again, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy time, uh, busy schedule to come on. Um, I guess my first. Uh, when did you discover uh, how did you discover the sport of disc golf and uh, when did you discover it? Like, did you discover it when you joined the PDG in 2011 or did you uh, discover it before then? I discovered it like way before I joined the PDG. Actually, I was like a lot of people. I was like a. Uh, just like a couple disc chucker that just went out to like the, those little courses. Uh, the course I always played was just O'Brien Park because um, just it was just down the street from my high school, Downers Grove South. Uh, okay. My cousin, my cousin actually introduced it to me, and uh, I was hooked on the first throw. He was like, "Let's let's check this this uh, frisbee golf thing out. I think you'll like it." It was just something to do, and. Uh, <clears throat> I was hooked at that point, and then like my first real course after that was going to West Park and Joliet, and like when I got there, like, wow, like this is like big time course compared to O'Brien, and that was just, <laughs> um, I don't think I got into like tournaments or leagues until like when did it say I joined? Two thousand eleven. Yeah, um, I think. I think my first tournament was like the Shanty Classic in 2011. Okay. Oh, that's, and that's a, that's a great one to start with too. Oh yeah. Yeah, and when you were saying uh, when you uh, started playing West Park and everything, that was back when West Park used to have like 20 some holes, right? Oh yeah, I think it was was it 27 or 24? The, 24, the 27. I, I specifically remember there being like a weird tee box. I can't remember what hole it was, but there was like one where you were like throwing up like over like a little creek and you were going like towards that walking bridge. Oh, yeah. I like that hole, actually. That's a cool hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hole nine, like the one before you're going up to the back nine, like back towards the like the road towards the parking lot and everything. I remember there used to be that super long, like 700 foot monster hole, too. Oh, yeah. The green mile hole. That's, yeah, that always that, gets flooded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool to hear. Um, oh, and that hole, that hole that that's right before that. It's like you're at the top. It might be hole sixteen or something. There's like a hole cut out in the trees that you have to throw it oh, through. Yes, 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 yes. I remember that one. Mm -hmm. With the road behind it, so you, yeah, you can just pump it down there. If you go out of bounds, you got an easy. Circle three, hopefully. <laughs> Pretty much right. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, yeah, uh, like you said, like I said, it said you joined in. A
2011, and you've since 2011 you've competed in 60 events. Um, obviously, that's been a lot. Um, out of any of those events, you could even talk about the win you had uh, back in 2020. Um, has there, uh, other than those, has there been any like fun events you've played, like any cor- uh, course-wise, uh, any events? enjoy they can be good or bad if you don't want to talk about the bad ones too or uh, even anybody that um, you really enjoyed playing with also um some of my fondest memories of disc golf in general have not even really been like things that i played in uh, okay like running uh i'm at jim clem a few years back um mm-hmm at Beaver Park in Waukegan, and we ran a series of events called the Crazy Beaver um, for like four years, which was kind of like safari hole, uh, disc golf style um, course that we kind of rearranged layouts for. We did it at four different locations, so at a different place each year. First, we did it at Beaver in Waukegan, then we did it at Fairfield, we did it at Delwood and we did it at Rockford um, and that was that was it that was cool running events with him um, he's a good good guy in general and uh, I met a lot of good people through that network uh, they they run some uh, putting leagues up there and it's just it's just fun to hang around and I've met a lot of good friends through doing all that stuff and as far as like newer things that um i've really enjoyed it's actually been recently in the the past the past year or so um like shooting clash at the canyons um pro side well and and am side I, i did both last year uh, mm-hmm. I filmed for Am side and Pro side, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll get to the Pro side um, eventually later. Um, but that was by far the Pro side, the best time I've had at a disc golf tournament. Um, just the whole atmosphere it it felt like worlds. It was it was amazing. Even um, comparing it to to Ledgestone because I went to Ledgestone a couple months later after that to shoot some some more Disc Golf Digest stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something about Delwood. It just feels like home, and I just really enjoy doing anything or just hanging out at Delwood in general. Uh, so I guess... I guess that's yeah. it. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So um, obviously you we we we've talked before about we obviously love playing the sport. Now um, I guess I could just add a quick question in real quick. Do you do you enjoy do you enjoy shooting stuff on your YouTube channel or do you like doing like uh, production stuff more? Um, that's <laughs> difficult to add, answer because okay. like I love playing and I also mm-hmm. love shooting. But, like, I really love playing. I know I said, like, last year, like, oh, I'm not going to play tournaments this year so I can focus on shooting. Um, yeah. Because it's, like, two different mindsets 
when I go out there to shoot or if I go out there to, to play um, and to like switch that mindset, like midday, for instance, if it's like tea time, um, it's just a, it's a, it's a long day and mm-hmm. two, like I have to bring like three times as much gear and I live on a, a third floor apartment with no elevator. So it's kind of a pain in the ass to carry around so much right. gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, this year, I'm, I, I just love playing so much. And I feel like I'm getting a lot better play-wise, yeah. too, um, comparatively to my previous years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, the rating, new rating system came out, and I believe you shot up like eight or ten points, man. I was, I was going to say, I'm like, oh wow, I said, holy cow, right? Did right officially considered a rec player now? That's awesome. Oh yeah, I was psyched about that. Yeah, what, what, what did you go up ten points or something like that? Yeah, I went up ten points finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my. Uh, um, uh, Mike, Sarah, and I, uh, we like to joke around and say, because he's been like, he was like three or four uh, rating points higher than me. So he's like, oh, you know, I'm better than you. We were like joking back and forth like that. And then um, last rating system, not the one that just came out, but the one before that, um, we both each went down two points. So he was still four points ahead of me. So we were still joking about that. And then when we played Fraction, I beat him in that. But because he had a 930 rated second round, he ended up like, eight points or something. So he's now 874 and I'm 867 or something like that. So I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) So then he was texting me. He goes, Hey, did you see the new rating system come out? I go, yeah, yeah, I did, man. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Rating day is cool. It's always a fun thing to look forward to. Yeah. So, um, now you were talking about a little bit, like we were just talking a little bit about, um, you shooting clash and whatnot with, uh, your YouTube Disc Golf Digest. Um, I, w- I would pretty much kick myself if I didn't honestly talk about that with you. Um, oh, I guess yeah. my question for you would be, um, did you decide to do uh, Disc Golf Digest on YouTube? Uh, who inspired you to uh, do it? And uh, when did you start Disc Golf Digest? So Disc Golf Digest hasn't actually been always called Disc Golf Digest. Um, okay. Technically, um, my first uploads to that channel uh was like seven years ago it was some random i think it was like a basket cases or csi tag league or something like that um and i just kind of made it just because um i'm a professional video editor uh and producer for my normal job and like i always thought like oh why don't i just apply these skills to make some cool disc golf videos because there's, there's not a lot of like, you know, like shorter highlight type reels out there in the mm-hmm. disc golf world. Maybe there is a lot more now, but um, mm-hmm. seven years ago or so there was not, but um, back then it's gone through like three different name changes. I think at one point it was called like Illinois disc golf Um I forget what the other ones are called, but I disc golf digest. The brand is actually relatively new. Um, I think I finally settled on that brand name. Um, probably close to like the start of the pandemic. Um, because 
that afforded me a lot more time to put into it. And mm. that's when I kind of just got more intent in making it a brand and doing more cool stuff for it. Because like, even though it was around for a while, I just, it was not really a serious thing. It was just, all right, here and there, I'll, I'll post a video. Um, like I wasn't doing it like all the time. Um, I feel now the iteration that it is, um, I need to keep up with posting on all the different socials and on the YouTube and making it a brand that people recognize. And uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like running a business. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I don't know where else this answer is going, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. That's that's kind of the beginnings of where it was, um, yeah, and how it got to where it is now. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes no, that makes perfect sense. Now you're good. <laughs> um, now, did this was was this was there anybody that inspired you to make the uh, YouTube channel or decide to do the YouTube game, or was this just something you came up with on your own? Um. Well, at first, YouTube was just a a place just to just to post videos you know Uh, okay when i was in when i was in college like i don't think youtube was even around which is funny to say (laughs) but uh because my when i when i graduated college my like demo reel was it was literally on like a vhs tape which is funny because i don't i didn't even graduate college that long ago i graduated in 05 but yeah. When I say these things now, it makes me sound like I'm 900 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I uh, my work, uh, I work with, I, I work in uh, at Culver's in my town. It's like this 18 year old girl, and I was talking about like these home videos, and I even said, I'm uh, like my Christmas video of me when I was like three years old, and I was talking about how my mom was saying, oh, we need to put these, we need we need to burn these over to uh, DVDs at some point so we don't lose them, and I was talking about VHS, and I and I looked at her, I said, if you even know what that means, and she goes, I've heard of it, but I don't really know like anything about it as much. Really, I made me. I was 900 years old. I said, what? don't say that. You made me feel like I was ancient. Like, come on, I'm going to be 30 this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. I remember Blockbuster was one, going to Blockbuster was one of my favorite times of the, um, the week to check out those new video drops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, those. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember those for sure. I used to remember like the old ad commercials. Every time I see a blockbuster, I used to like turn, look across the street and see if I saw like the little uh, hamsters in the window. And that's oh, yeah. I used to every time that when I was little, that used to be funny. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're doing a lot of stuff this year with uh, your YouTube stuff. You're saying you were uh, documenting um, some Clash last year. Um, actually, uh, last year, Clash of the Canyons, as a lot of people know, was a DGPT Silver Series event. And uh, it actually ended up seeing a lot of big names like Brody Smith, um, Terry Roethlisberger, Nico LaCastro, um, trying to name a couple, Luke Humphrey, Silver Lot, you know, Raven mm-hmm. was there. Mike Conley, all of them. Um, but the fact that all, even Gavin, Gavin Rathbone, I would be awful if I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would kick me if I didn't say that. But um, Calvin, 
Heimberg was there. Zach Melton. Robin they Hart. didn't. They uh, didn't. They didn't play, but they were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was super cool. Like I even got a picture with Calvin. That was pretty cool. Um, but the fact that all these big names came here, and we still got to see Dan Schwitter, Illinois. You know, everybody's well known in the state of Illinois, especially around the J-Town area. The fact that he was able to take it down was truly remarkable, especially to take it to a playoff with uh, Harry Roethlisberger. And because of his big win on that, you decided to uh, do a documentary on uh, on that uh, event. Just go ahead and talk about what the documentary like basically is about and uh, what made you decide to name it what it is. Yeah. Hello. It uh, kind of cut out for a couple seconds. Okay. Yeah. You can hear me? Yep. Okay. I yeah. can hear. Uh, question was, I'm sorry, was uh, just go ahead and talk about the documentary real quick, what it's about, and uh, what made you decide to name it Schlitz Creek? Sure. Um, yeah. So I knew the Disc Golf Pro Tour was coming to town, and um, that was really exciting to me. Um, I know that I wanted to shoot something for there, but I, I didn't actually know what I was going to shoot. So um, I was there every day that weekend, start, starting since like Thursday when they were setting stuff up. Um, mm. Just to, you know, get a lay of the land, see what's going on. And just from the instant you just step on there and see everyone just practicing and just walking around and, um, just, just the general vibe of the, the place, it seemed different than normal. Um, mm. it seemed like, a, it seemed like a world's, um, I don't know if I mentioned that before, but it just seemed bigger than it Delwood normally is. Uh, it just felt that way, which is cool. And rightfully so, because all these big name players were there. Mm. Um, but also at the time. I was, um, I was also working for the DGPT, um, doing website stuff for them. Um, so I was last year. I was, um, what was it called? Oh, it was called the DGPT Regional Representative. So I okay. did the uh, the Illinois events. So I covered Clash and I covered Ledgestone. And what I did for that was basically uh, do the round recap articles, then uh, just wrote about the main storylines and standings on what happened during each round, one, two, three, and final round for Clash and Ledgestone. Mm -hmm. So I was already working for DGPT, but um, I also wanted to do my own stuff. Uh, for Disc Golf Digest. Mm -hmm. So at first, uh, at first, they said I couldn't do both. Like, we either need you to do uh, cover this DGPT website article writing, which involved no videography or editing or post production at all. It was it was simply writing articles. Uh, okay. So we, we want you to do that, or you can do your own video work for your own channel. Um, and I was like, well, 
what I'm going to shoot is more important to me than having the uh, the street cred about of uh, uh, being on the Disc Golf Pro Tour website. So mm-hmm. uh, I told them, no, I'm not going to write your articles um, because I am very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, <laughs> like I know what I'm going to shoot will be um, more impactful um, than writing these round recap articles. And I would rather do my own my own thing for Disc Golf Digest than um, being forced to pick between the Pro Tour or my own stuff. Um, so I picked Passion Project, which is Disc Golf Digest. Right. Um, so I was all set to go with that. Um, but then Disc Golf Pro Tour contacted me again. Um, a little before the tournament, and then they said, oh, uh, they kind of changed their mind. Uh, they said, uh, you, can, you can do both because they don't, they don't really intersect uh, because one is writing round recap articles and uh, the other Disc Golf Digest stuff is just me walking around with a camera. Um, <laughs> and they don't really... I mean, they intersect because I'm there and I'm mm-hmm. in the uh, following cards around and stuff, um, but I'm not really like <clears throat> filming. I'm not filming every second of every every shot. Um, I kind of pick and choose. That's kind of in my whole thing anyway. Um, it's it's kind of like I shoot like highlights. Um I'm not really a round by round, shot by shot type of person, which is hard because I'm only one person. Um, yeah. So props to all those media crews that are producing out those uh, round by round, shot by shot coverage because that truly does take a, a team to do it. Um, it's hard for one person. Yeah. Well, well, if you but, got an extra camera and you can show me how to work it, man, you can you can do the tee box and I'll do by the basket. Oh yeah. <laughs> But in the end, but in the end, uh, DGPT kind of changed their mind and allowed me to do both the DGPT article writing and my Disc Golf Digest stuff, which I was psyched on because I really wanted to um, help out DGPT and and do that for them. Um, but I wasn't willing to sacrifice my own passion project to do so. Um, so I held my ground. I stuck to my guns, and um, I got to film my own stuff at Clash. Um, and then when Clash was over, I went home and wrote articles until late at night. Um, but when it comes back to it, uh, the most important thing that came out of that was, like, I didn't know what I would be, I didn't know what I was shooting would become Schlitz Creek, a documentary about, uh, the Dan Schlitter win. I did not yeah. know that would would be coming. Like, I figured, oh, I'll just shoot some stuff and I'll make like a little eight to ten minute highlight about the weekend, and then call it a day. Uh, 
but it's it turned into something way more than that because all this um this drama was happening like schlitter was on chase card coming coming to win it forcing the playoff um all these crowds the spectators people cheering it was just it was, it was amazing it was just like i was at a a real uh sports arena or something like that yeah and it's awesome that it's it was at delwood because like like i know delwood like the back of my hand like i feel very comfortable there uh, yeah so um So where was I when Schlitter was coming up to force the tie? He was on hole one. I think I was just walking around that trail there and I see like a, a crowd starting to form. And uh, luckily I had like um, a good vantage point to get some shots there. So I just kind of happened to be in the, the perfect spots at the perfect times to get that um, mm-hmm. um get that shot on hole one to to tie it up and force the playoff and then from there um just followed him for the playoff on hole 13 and okay. that was that was intense and, and very cool um, yeah so i got all that and then kind of a little bit after a little bit after Clash, um, like a few weeks later, I wanted to reach out to Dan, and I actually reached out to Sean and Sheila. Um, so all three of them have interviews in this documentary. Um, the way I kind of describe it, it's kind of like a uh, like an ESPN type thirty for thirty. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Down, sit down interview uh, retelling of the event and uh i'm kind of turning it in it's it's turned into it's kind of like a 40 40 minute piece which is very long for a disc golf thing uh but it's it's cool because it's i feel it's not something that's out there yet um i mean there's been a a few disc golf documentaries by joe mez and uh but i think that's it um i think he made one about Eagles Crossing, and there was another one about a course in Alaska. Those yeah, are both Jomez yeah. pieces, but I believe Jomez is doing one on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I believe Jomez is doing one on uh, Paige Pierce coming up soon. Isn't that? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I saw that. Um, okay, was it Jomez that's doing it? I don't know who's doing it. I don't think. I don't think it is. I think she hired her own company. Uh, okay, but, but it. it I've only seen a little teaser of it, but it looks cool. Yeah, I'm uh, excited. But I love where that portion of the media is headed because that's what I love to do. Um, I love creating the stories and interviewing people. And um, that's one thing that I've kind of taught myself to do. And I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it in a short amount of time because um, I did a couple interviews with with Paul Macbeth I did um, when he came to Chicago to do that uh, 
Chicago disc golf park thing. Okay. Um, with the uh, Paul, Mac- Paul Macbeth Foundation um, mm-hmm. to put a disc golf course in the city, um, which was cool, um, which is also another thing I'm working on. But uh, back to Schlitz Creek. Um, yeah, I kind of started putting it together piecing the interviews together into some kind of coherent story that kind of weaves its way back and forth. And I think, um, like, I just really wanted to share it with people. Uh, like, in my mind, this is like the uh, thing that went, this is like the thinking that went through my mind. Like, I, as I was cutting it, I'm like, man, this is, this is really good. Like, I want to, invite like a handful of people and maybe just show it on the Delwood TV. Um, But then like, as I was cutting it some more, like, man, this is really good. Like I want to show it more to more than like 10 people. Um, So that kind of turned into like, well, maybe I can like rent someplace to like have a a screen or something. And then that kind of turned into me reaching out to Roxy um, to use their space and then it kind of turning into a big event where I'm having like a food truck there. Like I'm getting a little players packs for people. It's, it'll be a, I think it'll be a cool event and I think people will dig it. Um, uh, And I'm glad that, um, we're almost at like 90 <coughs> people, 90 people that, that signed up for it, which is insane. Like, right. I, did, I didn't know that uh, people would get behind me like this, which is very humbling to hear. And I'm so grateful. Uh, it's like amazing uh, because I haven't shown work like this to people in front of a live audience for since like college when we had like our kind of like mini, mini film fests. Um, But like showing your work in front of people and seeing their reactions, that's what, what's uh, makes me super excited for this. Like I want to see the reactions when you're watching this. Like I want to, see if the points that I made in the movie resonate in you the same way it, it did for me. Um, because I've seen the, I've seen the thing like 900 times probably. Um, mm-hmm. But if I show it to somebody that doesn't know me, doesn't know Dan, doesn't know Sean, Sheila or the Delwood crew, um, if they know nothing about the community in Lockport, and Delwood and the J-Town area, will they still get the, the point of my movie? Like, if they do, then I've succeeded. And uh, I think that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to uh, definitely watch that. And that's actually going to be my next question. If there were still tickets available and if somebody wanted to um, get a ticket, where could they, would they just go to disc golf? Seem like they'd go if they were going to uh, register for a tournament? Correct. It's on okay. Disc Golf Scene. 
Um, you can either look it up by Lockport, Illinois, or look up Disc Golf Digest on Disc Golf Scene. Um, you can see the poster on there. Um, it's it's Dan's face with a bunch of text on there. It says Schlitz Creek. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was also psyched about the poster. I was also pretty psyched about the name, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, as soon as I heard the name, I was immediately impressed because I was like, that's one of my favorite shows. Uh, Schitt's Creek, one of my favorite shows on Netflix. And then it, it just like kind of blended perfectly. I just thought it was awesome. Yeah. So the name. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, I don't think it could be called anything else. Like, I was, I was kind of like back and forth in my own head about calling it that because like, I didn't want to offend Dan. Um, is this going to sound stupid or like, do I only think it's funny? Like, cause a lot of the times, like when I'm staring at things for hours on end, uh, trying to brainstorm, like, I think it's hilarious. But maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not really that funny, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I kind of ran, ran the name and a couple of my ideas uh, through some people and, they also agreed that Schlitz Creek is awesome. Like I wanted to call it that, uh, but I also didn't want to like offend Dan. I, I asked him to, he says he's all good for it. I mean, he has a, he has a disc stamp that says, what does it say? Good Schlitz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like uh, when he when he uh, had that tap in uh, to win the uh, clash, uh, Gavin and I were right next to each other. We were even yelling at him. That's some serious Schlitz right there. <laughs> Yeah, Dan's a great person. Um, yeah, and that's why I was saying when you were talking about uh, swing, uh, running the name by him and stuff, I didn't think he was. I didn't believe for a second he'd have an issue with. It. Dan's just super easy to talk to, super cool to talk to, and he's fun to watch too. Oh yeah, um, especially as uh, as Wa uh, practice uh, motion he goes through on his putting, like he's like he's got like, super serious, and it, I just love it. I'm like how I just love how focused he is on every putt. Oh yeah, like when he's in game mode, he's like super focused on everything. Like, I mean, that's what you got to do to to win at the mm -hmm. highest level. <laughs> yeah, and he, but he's also that player too that'll have that face, and he'll look like that walking up to a hole. But if I like walk past him and say, "Hey, what's going on?" Danny turn around and immediately have a smile on. His <laughs> oh yeah, that's just how he is, and that's why I think that's why I like the guy so much, and I just respect the hell out of him. So, mm -hmm. but watch that i can't wait for that to happen and that's at the roxy theater you said right the roxy theater in lockport um i, I think i'll have tickets open until um i think like 130 is the capacity okay we're, we're close to 90 or something right okay now. so there's still there's still some tickets available uh, now let's say if um, like if the movie comes to uh like when if uh, like let's say the registration closes on disc golf scene, would they if like we there were still tickets available? Could there be people that showed up and buy them at the door? Yeah, if it's not um, completely sold out, then I'm sure I could figure something out for them. Uh, okay. But it would be a lot easier if they just do it on disc golf scene. Disc golf scene makes everything really easy for tournament directors nowadays. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, yeah, like I said, super excited. I can't wait for that to come out. Um, now you're you're competing. 
you're doing your YouTube thing, documentary, and uh, when you and I played Fraction Cup 4 recently back in March, um, you were talking to me about how you just got, um, you started working with the Disc Golf Network, and you're actually working with them on the uh, show, The Scramble, if that's what the name, I believe that's the name of it. Correct. Uh, uh, just go ahead and talk about um, well, how did that uh, come to be a thing? Like, how did you end up getting a job with the Disc Golf Network? And what is it like to work with the Disc Golf Yeah, the Disc Golf Network thing came um, just out of, like, networking since um, since 2010. I mean, last year, 2021, um, since two thousand. 2021 when I worked with them uh, when I worked with the GGPT website people um, I always kind of viewed that as like to get my foot in the door with them because DGPT DGN is kind of like the same company Um, but I ultimately wanted to um, work in video because that's my main job that's what I do for a living that's what I built my career on and that's what I'm good at um, so I just kind of kept in touch with them. I, uh, I sent them my work here and there, um, as I was putting it out. Um, and I just kind of, um, you know, just kept in touch with them and eventually they reached out, um, when Disc Golf Network was looking to fill a role um, for this new show that they have coming out, which is basically a 30-minute recap show of uh, the Elite Series tournaments. Um, so I'll be doing all the Elite Series tournaments, uh, recaps this year, um, which is, which kind of perfectly fits in my wheelhouse because um, it's kind of like almost putting like a like a 30 minute documentary out on each, on each tournament. Um, except I have to do it in, in two days, <laughs> which, which <laughs> but, but it's, but it's cool. Um, I really enjoy doing it um, mm-hmm. because once the tournament wraps on Sunday, I then kind of, piece it together and usually try to get it out by out by Wednesday. Um, so that's been that's been cool working with them. Um, they appreciate my input uh, creatively and they're they're good people to work with. I know DGN is always uh, looking to add more types of content to their website and their streaming platform. Now, uh, you can see that a lot compared to last year. Um, I think this year they have a lot more different types of shows on there like that are just besides the round-by-round uh, mm-hmm. coverage, which is cool. Uh, I think Disc Golf needs that. Right. So... I think I'm running out a couple things here. Um, okay, we talked about playing. We talked about YouTube, the documentary Disc Golf Network, which is obviously a lot that you're already doing this year. 
Um, I guess one of my last questions for you would be is everything you're already doing this year, do you have any other future plans that you have coming uh, for the sport? Um, I am kind of working on uh, another documentary that was kind of shot last year. It was about the Paul Macbeth Foundation in Chicago. Um, so I'm still working on that documentary. Um, you know, it gets, it gets tough juggling so many projects, like mm -hmm. passion projects versus my regular job versus my, my kid and my family life and mm -hmm. juggling with actually playing tournaments. There's just lots of things to juggle there. And, um, but I think, um, my passion projects are also important and I've been mm -hmm. trying to do more lately, like get them out in a timely fashion, <laughs> like right. not shoot a tournament and then drop the video about it. Like three months later, I'm trying to do it relatively quick. Um, mm -hmm. But all, that also means I need to catch up on some things that I shot last year. The biggest thing is the Paul Muck, Paul Macbeth foundation video. Um, mm -hmm. and that one, that one should be a cool, uh, cool piece, which I want to really start to put a dent in. Um, I'll probably, my mind is a little frantic with the Schlitz Creek premiere, um, yeah. to kind of focus on other things right now. Cause like, I'm, I'm kind of hyper-focused on that right now. Um, but getting that Paul Macbeth foundation, video off my plate is one project I have. Um, and then I really don't have a lot of like plans wise, like what I want to do next. Cause like even last year, like I didn't expect to be making, to be shooting two documentaries that year. I shot mm -hmm. the Slitch Creek stuff and then I shot the Paul Macbeth Foundation, which will both be turned into like pretty long feature documentaries. Um, and like I had no idea that I was going to that I was going to be doing that. It, it kind of just happens. Um, but uh, I, I want to do more stuff with like pros um, and maybe kind of get into some more of the the bigger events. I want to do some more stuff at um, Ledgestone. Definitely more stuff in the uh, Midwest region. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess I guess I got off on a tangent there, but um, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> no, no. The main thing is, is catching up on some other stuff that has been waiting in queue and kind of just taking this year and take it how it comes. Um, right. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if something cool happens, then, then I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if something does super cool happens to you, you definitely better let me know. And I'll definitely bring you back on and talk about it for sure. Oh yeah. Um, now you were talking about doing some work with a uh, Ledgestone or whatnot. Um, I planned, I'm not, I'm not playing Ledgestone this year on the M side. I'm doing uh, great lakes again. 
had played MA4 last year and took second, and this year I'm playing MA3. But I do plan on going to Ledgestone to spectate like the pros. So if you need it, if, you, if you're down there and you need any help with anything, you know, I'd be more than welcome to help you, more than happy to help you. Oh, awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, because Ian, when I had Ian Burchette on a few weeks ago, he was talking about maybe either at Ledgestone or Clash having me uh, caddy for him one of those rounds. So either one of those rounds, whatever round I'm caddying for him, the other round I help you or even after he's done playing i can come find wherever you're at and come help you too don't matter to me that's cool yeah um i don't really have a a game plan on what i want to do for ledgestone yet um Mm -hmm. but i do know i want to be there Uh, are you playing the am side for ledgestone i am not i was actually signed up for am side last year but when the disc golf pro tour thing came along i decided like uh, and the media thing came along for Disc Golf Digest, I, I decided like it would be impossible for me to play and do the media stuff um, and, yeah. for, the, for the pros. Um, right. Because it's all day for the pros anyway. Like it was such a long day for me all weekend for Ledgestone last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was up from the morning to the night writing the articles and uh, transferring footage over it's just it's it, it would be too much to do that and play um yeah there would be it would be yeah. nuts yeah yeah, yeah that would be <laughs> too much to joke for sure i get that yeah and, uh, last year last year you ended up having to back out competing wise but and actually ended up being a good thing because unfortunately at the end of it it ended up getting rained out so oh yeah and it was cool. It's it's cool just seeing the pros play close up and like you can see how they play the courses and you see you can see their like mindset going through. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of why I like the live coverage. Um, I do watch both live and post. Yeah, mm-hmm. when when live is on, I I like to watch it if I can um, because you can see kind of a lot more of their their thinking and their mindsets and, and shots and and how it goes um but it's it's hard to put that in in video form like when you're up close and personal with them you can see it a lot more it's weird mm-hmm. how things how how things translate like that oh yeah for sure yeah um, i i've enjoyed watching them really up close because i i did compete at deagle last year like i said but i was able to watch a little bit here and there because i think my final round i peed off i was at like 2 30 in the afternoon so i got to go into the morning and see like you know like zach melton jeremy coling and all them play and um probably the funniest moment i ever said because you see certain players walking up like paul mcbeth so focused every time he's walking up eagle the same way and then i see zach melton walk past and somebody uh caddy another guy in his card was like all right zach we're about to start the course. You better be on your best behavior. And Zach Melton, as goofy as this man is, he turned around and just chucks his full uh, water bottle, full fledged at the dude, hit him right in the shin. And he said, don't mess with me. I'm not in the mood. But he was, like, joking about it. And I literally laughed, and I was like, hey, Zach, can I get your autograph real quick? And he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that was, just, was that, it was like, just a like, random oh. person? <laughs> it was um, uh, somebody on his card's caddy that he was – Oh, he's someone like, he knew. Yeah, someone he knew. So he was like, you better be on your best behavior. So he's like, we're about to play the course now. You better be on your best behavior. Zach just turned and chucked a water bottle at him. 
That's funny. I think he's super goofy. So yeah, um, he's one of my favorite left-handed players to watch for sure. Um, he's got a killer forehand. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and I, 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 if I could even have five to ten feet of his forehand, because my forehand game is absolutely non-existent, I would, I would love that. Mine too. So. My forehand <laughs> is trash. <laughs> but um, uh, I guess I one, one of the last things I'll say to you before I let you go is um, obviously you and I both got uh, picked to be on Team Disc Store this year. And after I read the roster, I believe that you and I are the only players from Illinois on the team. That's so cool, man. Um, yeah. I was psyched to be uh, chosen on Disc Store. And yeah, I was that, too. When you told me that we're the only Illinois players, like, that's that's cool. That's, uh, that's a good honor. Yeah. And then maybe if we, like, ended up doing something like YouTube-wise, we'll do both wear our uh, polos while we did it, our, our quarter zips that we just got. Those things are oh, super yeah. cool. Those like things those are polos. cool. I like the, yeah. uh, the black the uh the black and uh gray polos are cool yeah and then even the back and the way they put your name and number on it that's pretty cool too oh yeah like the printing yeah. on there is really nice yeah i saw that you put on the back of your disc golf digest are you going to be wearing it more for uh, media stuff i'll wear it for both um okay. i just figured why um disc golf digest is my my brand it is it is me um so might as well put it on there <laughs> right now that makes perfect sense so yeah um uh, and uh have you um is your are you gonna get your son playing a lot i've been seeing your videos with uh, him doing a little bit of putting there oh yeah um yeah i i hope so he? he's five five okay yeah, he's pretty tall for a five-year-old. My nephew's just going to be six this year, and he's already like three foot. I'm like, geez, man. You need <laughs> so, yeah. I'm again, yeah. And he looks like he's a lefty, too, or is that just how he's throwing right now? I think he's a lefty. It's, it's okay. funny because <laughs> I'm excited to see. Well, yeah, I'm definitely seeing videos like that. It gives me really good hope that the future of the sport is going to be in a lot, really good hands. Because I always that's one of my goals is to always get more kids involved. Like, and, mm -hmm. and always seeing those videos you put up of your son uh, brings like a warm spot. Yeah. And if you come over, he's always like, uh, hey, Uncle Cody, can we put can we throw some discs in your practice basket? I'm like, yeah, of course, bud. You just got to stand right next to it because we're, we're in the basement right now and I don't want you hitting anything. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, yeah, I, I never I never really technically told him like I showed him how to do it, but he kind of naturally just does it left handed. So I think he's a lefty. <laughs> like he yeah, doesn't he write yet. Um, so I don't know if he's truly a lefty, but maybe he is. If so, yeah. it would be good doubles partners. <laughs> For sure. He's even got the, uh, you guys would be like the Tiger and Charlie Woods of uh, d disc golf. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I even some of those videos when he's just throwing, like, even if it's like only like 20, 30 feet, like if he's just like throwing a little shot, like he's already got a pretty good form for five-year-old. I'm like, oh man, I'm like that kid in like five years is going to already be better than me. <laughs> yeah. He does have some some decent spin on there too it's it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah, i'm super excited for uh for that so um well ryan it has been a pleasure man having you on um i was super cool to hear all this cool
Um, definitely, because, you know, we're, we're good buddies. So whenever you want to come on, you're always more than welcome to come on whenever. Um, my show is always open to you, whether it be just to come on and talk, be like, hey, how's it going? Or just to come on and tell any cool stories you got or any uh, cool things you got coming up in the future. So definitely love to have you on again in the future whenever you want to come on for sure. Cool, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was very uh, good interviewing by yourself. And um, Thank you. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, man. <laughs> for sure. All right. But other than well, that about does it for us, guys. Other than that, tell someone you love them this week because not every day is guaranteed. For my good buddy, Ryan Aquino, I am Cody Intervold, PGA 148739, and I will see you guys on the next one. Peace.